And we are back. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Daily Dots. And I am once again joined by the Brain Trust, Mr. Chase Taylor, our head of research. And a pretty quiet day. Um, Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of action. Uh, If you look at the end of the day, it looks pretty serene. Um, or, or just pretty normal. I mean, S&P was down, what, 10 bips, 15 bips? Uh, I think we closed up 0.08, but we were okay, up, so, up a lot at one point. It's a very ugly daily candle. Yeah, so S&P effectively flat, Dow down a little, uh, NASDAQ up 0.3. Um, yeah, I look, we don't have any resolution here, but this level that we've been talking about here at these, you know, the Q's breaking out, NASDAQ flirting with it. It's proven to be pretty sticky. Um, I don't know, at least from my view, I feel like there are a lot of people that are way prematurely celebrating a, a breakout here. And I, I, I still think this thing's got work to do before it proves it to me. I, I will say this about an hour into the session today, I thought that we were doing it. Like I was like, yeah, I mean, and bond yields were down a good bit um, yeah. and, and stocks were just going straight up. And it just felt like the, we were, you know, the rocket was, was getting, getting filled up with fuel for sure. Um, rates pretty rates with weird action today. You, yeah, you mentioned I can add I, some to that. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Do you, do you think that's, do you, do you think that move was mostly about the five-year auction? Two things. Uh, we had a good bit warmer than expected. Um, S and P PMIs for both manufacturing and for services, manufacturing popped above 50. So in an expansion, um, so both, both were a good bit better than, than expected. And then we had a really ugly five-year auction, a, a two basis point tail, meaning from the time the auction began to ended, like it, you had to slip two basis points to get it through. Um, the bid to cover ratio dropped a lot, very, it's kind of ugly. So not, not a good auction at all. Um, and typically I, for me, I, at least I expect those ugly auctions to be more out 10, 30, 20 years, stuff like that. So to have an ugly five, that that the market didn't take kindly to that, so yields kind of really popped from there, and that that's what took the air out of equities and some some of the daily candles uh, to me, uh, like a- Apple, really comes to mind. Like you you look at a daily candle that on that, and it's it's not it's not a good look. Doesn't doesn't hard. mean we don't just make a new high tomorrow, but yeah, a lot of times you know short term tops kind of look like this from a candle perspective anyway. Yeah, on the earnings side of it, not much to add there. We do, do, do I think we talked a little Netflix yesterday. Netflix up ten point seven. That's another one. I, I'll just say, um, again, no position one way or the other. I, I just, I don't usually feel. I, I don't usually feel this way, Chase. Like I, I, I may not like it. I may feel like I missed the boat. I may feel like I bought too much, not bought enough. All you know, all those normal things. I, I continue to see more and more and and more data come out or earnings get released or whatever. And then I read that and I feel like I got my hand on hands around it. And then I continue to be completely surprised by what the stocks do. Yeah. And even that's about 15, $16 off, off the high um, t- today. So, yeah, I, that, that was, I, I just, I read through their queue and looked at the run up the stock has had, looked at the valuation and I just don't get it. Yeah. I think it's the quarter ahead, year ahead stuff that, that stuff was pretty rosy. When I read back through that to see where, where they're thinking things are going to go, 
like full 2024, I think is probably what got the market. Yeah. And I just don't understand why anybody's paying attention to that either. I mean, I think they've got a great management team, but their management team has been promising these quarters for quite a long time. Nothing that they've promised is delivered anywhere close to what they or Again, I, I think that their management team does it the right way. So I'm not trying to call them out. I think that their management team, and, and I'm not saying that they were like Elon Musk optimistic, but they way overhyped what they thought the impact of this password sharing thing would be. Yeah. And, and not purposefully, it just didn't add a, like, again, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Reed Hastings and I don't think that they're trying to screw anything around. I think they're a well-run company. I just think it's a bad business. Um, but I, I, but it's the reaction to it. I can, I look at that stock and I'm reading what they're talking about, what everybody's excited about. And then I'm looking at current projections and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't buy that. If, if I knew 100% of your projections were accurate over the next year and a half, I wouldn't buy the stock today at a 30% discount to where it's currently yeah, trading. But, but a lot of people will. <laughs> yeah, I just – I don't get but, – but, but no, and I know they will. I'm just saying we're, we're, we're at that point of this market where I, I – it's it's not even that I agree or disagree. It's I just – I don't get it. Yeah. Speaking of Elon and the sales there, so it's pretty funny. Their, their earnings and their forecast, quite the opposite. They're – um, they're showing 2024 volumes being down market, not liking that. But what's funny is knowing that they were going to have to deal with that, you know, at earnings, they, they floated, you know, this sexy picture of this new car, they're going to make some, uh, some new compact crossover. So the fact that they released that on the same day, they knew they had to go, you know, Re- report some some ugly future earnings this that just cracked me up that is this classic you know at a certain point though you've got to tip the cap to him oh 100 he's the best, one of the best salesmen in history yeah no he is and and also like he you know it's not disingenuous he's not lying about it i think he figured out quicker than anybody else how stupid this market can be and how you can and and i think that tesla's stock price is more important to him than he lets on 100 percent because his compensation uh, arrangement suggests that is absolutely the case. No, and to Tesla finances everything he does, right? right? So I mean, he's 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 got to keep that share price up. Um, but I, you know, even that Q, look at go look at the valuation on that company, and you had a, a you had lower volumes. Like when you're trading at a seventy five times earnings or whatever crazy number they're at, you don't get to have lower volumes. Yeah, exactly. You, maybe your growth rate can slide to twenty eight percent as opposed to thirty two, but you don't get to go backwards. You're gonna go, nobody, ba- you're gonna go backwards on volumes and margins. But nobody can't. Yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> and, and it just came out in the last couple of days. We're, that, we're going down on volumes, but we'll make it up on lower margins. Uh, it just came out that the, the Chinese government's pushing back even even harder on on people using Teslas. So it was it was like a hey, you you can't bring that to the government building thing. Now it's like you can't bring it to all these other things either. If you're going to go to like a certain kind of conference or whatever, don't bring your Tesla. They're trying they're So they're trying to, so that, that there is no, are they doing it under the guise of the same reason they're, they're saying stay away from iPhones? Yes. All right. So I'll, I'll add some, a spy car. I'll, I'll add some color here without, without going into details because I can't, their concern, their security concerns. People, why he can't, let me just tell you, but he's, there's, there's, it's not a mistake that we brought him on as our head of research. He, he worked in the belly of the beast here. We're talking about a man that worked in military intelligence here. 
So part of his compensation, I'm going to get you in trouble when I say this. Part of his compensation, he's got to he's got he's got to he's got he's to divulge one piece of classified information to me per week. Yeah, as you know, I would, like literally, the, the agents are going to start storming through the door here. <laughs> so I'm not going to get him in trouble. But yeah, he's I, I just had to pay. See, when I say that I've got some inside info, <laughs> that's all nonsense and hot air, of course. But when you say you've got some inside info, I mean you. I mean you. You may not be shining this on here. So what I'll what I'll say is, like obviously, the U.S. is, you know, limited Huawei, and a lot of people just laugh that off and think, you know, it's it's really just the tech competition and trying to limit their their growth. So this is like a, a dumb excuse, and it's not real. The reality is, Huawei absolutely is a, a very real concern, a security concern, and I would argue. People will do the same thing with China when it comes to Apple and Tesla that, oh, this is just fake. There's no real security concern. I, I can guarantee you it, it is a real security concern. They're not just making that up. Now, is it a really nice kicker that it also helps them in an economic fight and a trade war fight and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Like, I'm not saying it's not a really nice two for one both both ways, but yeah, because they'd rather have they want people but, buying BYD, not Tesla. But but people just, you know, hand waving at at the at the concept that it could be a security concern it, it absolutely could be um but uh, honestly most things most things can be a security concern but you know they they all see this coming it was really fascinating to be down there at CES because we talked to um um it's it's just amazing the the, the attitude shift with these companies even Ford we we spoke to Hyundai Ford Tesla and BYD um we we're down there at CES all of them were coming on hot and strong about our speaker capability. And, and, and it, it was interesting to hear it. You know what they're all worried about? They're all worried about margins and they're all worried about margins because they're price competing, but it's new technologies, right? Like it, it, it's more expensive to build and they've got, uh, and at the end of the day, a lot of these tax uh, uh, credits are expiring. And so they're all worried about three Nate things. They all said the exact same thing. We're worried about range. We're worried about weight. We're worried about margins. And so they all want our speakers because we can cut, because we did it for Bentley. We cut their speaker count in half, lowered the weight, installation costs, wiring costs, all that kind of stuff, and then delivered a much better sound system. So it was just funny to see these, you know, we're sitting there talking Tesla. We, you know, we're getting a big revenue ramp in this company uh, into next year, but you know, we're, we're, we're doing eight, 9 million in revenue. We're sitting there talking to Tesla who's doing, you know what, I, you know, moving 1.2 million cars, we're talking to Hyundai and they're all hot on our speakers. And, and it just, it showed the, to me, I was, I was surprised by the urgency at which all of them regarding electric vehicle manufacturing are racing to find ways to lower weight, increase range and, and, and increase yeah. margins. And they're doing it like crazy. I think it's going to be a boon for us. So I'm, I'm pumped about it, but, um, it's re- it was interesting, you know, four different countries. We're actually going to they they want us BYD wants to have us out to China to go look at their stuff because you know they all. But it, it's it's fascinating to watch that they know it, regardless of what the EV manufacturers are saying. They know it, and they are racing to try to figure out solutions to, like I said, margin was the number one thing they're concerned about, and you know they're really concerned about it when they're talking to stereo manufacturers about how it ways to save costs. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, at the end of the day. When you make a million cars, we, we, you know, we, we looked at it and we can probably save a company like Tesla 200 to 250 a car. It doesn't sound like much. When you're making a million cars, it's a lot. 
And that's what they're all freaked out about. They're sitting there going, we, you know, if we can make them lighter and you know, that's all great. But margin too is the, is the, is the big thing. Yeah. So, sorry. So something, something that's come, come to light a lot lately, which to me, I don't know, should have been obvious years ago that it, that is going to be a a big deal for EVs is uh, a lot of like replacement costs and stuff because, um, insurance. So even in China, you're having insurance just cancel on people because of their, because of their their battery vehicles because they're so expensive to replace, to replace and maintain. I've, you've probably heard the stories of like Rivian, like forty thousand dollar panels and stuff to get replaced and taking months to get replaced. Things what, like what? What? For, what? Yeah, I heard a story about like just like someone got like a fender bender in a Rivian and it was going to be like forty grand. So like the insurance costs and all these things are exploding. They're getting. Some of them are getting canceled or like the insurance premiums are just skyrocketing. And again, not just like in the US or, or Europe, but even in China, I, was, I just read a story this morning, people driving BYDs and stuff and their, their insurance just like sends them out. They're like, yeah, we don't want, we don't want to insure that anymore. Wow. But, well, BYD, I mean, that's a little you think about this, if you get in a wreck, you're out nine grand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're a lower middle class Chinese person, that that's the same thing as is is one of us smacking a, a so, rivian so mr taylor you got a fender bender would you like us to replace your headlight or would you like a new car yeah, yeah it's kind of where you're at with these yeah, things yeah uh, well are they the supply st- chain hasn't caught up to and, and you know this the repair supply chain hasn't caught up are you still looking at a scenario with a lot of these where i i heard a bunch of stories too it's been a little while so maybe you know maybe it's been two years maybe it's been five i can't really remember but a lot of those stories running around where the batteries would go kaput on on like a tesla and the batteries going bad would total the car. Yeah, I mean, because it it is the car basically. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, the, the cost to replace the battery pack was more than the car was currently worth. Yeah, and I mean that's part. I think it's a big part of the reason why Hertz just said no thanks and just fire sold. You know, most of their EV fleet. You know, that's another. Put that in. Put put that one right there in the category of of ones that I was shocked when I heard companies were purchasing Tesla and and electric semi trucks. That one really blew my mind. And then I was shocked when I found out rental companies were renting these cars. And and I it was one of those moments where I sat there and I thought, man, I don't understand how in the world that's going to work. I feel like that's going to be just a money sinkhole for them. 100%. And, and it was one of those things where you sit there and go, well, they know their business better than I do. So they must be smarter than I am or they wouldn't <laughs> and be. And then here they are just dumping. Right. I, like – it, like all of them at once too. Just do, please take it. Do, do you know what I'm talking about though? Those yeah, scenarios yeah. where you look at it and you go, I must, that looks so stupid on the face of it. They're the experts. I must be wrong. <laughs> then you see it play out exactly the way you think. And you yeah. look at, you look back at them and you, it's like, you want to walk into the boardroom and go, can you, can you guys just tell me what you thought was going to happen? I, I, uh, I may have already told the story on, on the air, but when I went to Vail for that investment conference, um, I get on, I get on to, to online to rent a car and it has like mystery car on there. Like, no kidding. We're not showing you, but you can rent, you can rent this mystery car. I'm like, well, that sounds fun. Let, let's click that. And it was like really cheap. So I'm like, let's just see what this is about. And I get there. They try to give me an EV. I'm like, no, like I'm not, I'm not driving in the mountains in the all mountains. The, all the way from Denver to Vail in an EV. So that I have to like, you know, charge it for 45 minutes well, on Denver's the way back veils a run isn't yeah like, it's like aren't you three far, hours? far through the mountains uh probably like two i think but all through the mountains yeah yeah, yeah. so just yeah. No, no thanks and if you haven't driven in those I, it, like they, i mean that is mountain driving. yeah and it made it clear to me like oh mystery car means ev because no one wants to rent it that, that's mountain driving in the sense that you can be going along clear clear you know and i've been there i've done, done it you can be going along clear nice day you go up one of those passes 
you drop 30 degrees by the time you get yep. to the top of it. I mean, that's, that is no joke driving, man. It's enough mountains in like, I love mountains and it's enough mountains for like, you're just so ready to be out of them on well, the drop. Well, mountains have a lot of trees. It's true. I mean, you are, you are a tree. The right kind too. Yeah. 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 They got, they got, they got cones. That's right. Pines and pine needles and cones. I mean, that's your, that's your wheelhouse. That's how we got you up here in the great Northwest. That That is literally part of the reason I moved here. <laughs> Mountains and trees, baby. All right. So uh, we got those uh, S&P reports today. Uh, came in a little hotter. That 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 c- kind of coincides with our hotter uh, data, you know, read going into the first quarter. Um, again, we're still early. Got to see. I will still say, though, that I, I mean, it's not a big opinion one way or the other, but. I still would have thought we'd be seeing a little hotter data and a little less of the colder side of the data, but you know, still early. I mean, it, data is definitely hotter, so that, that's yeah. I mean, a, a manufacturing PMI back above fifty when you were expecting a forty-seven handle. That, that's that's a big jump. That's hot, yeah. But it makes sense. Like we've been drawing inventories for months and months and months and months, so it makes sense that people have to restock and, and this stuff, you know, comes alive. But at the same time, a lot of PMI is weird because all the regional stuff is still bad. Yeah. The other thing you got to remember too, PMI is like inflation. I think a lot of people get confused. Um, You can have PMI jump above 50 and even put a 52, 53 for for a one month period of time, whatever that period in interval is. Um, And you can do it right in the middle of a really nasty recession because it's like inflation, right? So like you could have had a 36 PMI or any, you know, a horrific PMI the period before. And if you improve it all from that level, you're going to be above 50. Yeah. And the, the funny thing about them is because they just go from month to month to month. It's not, you know, it's not a year look back or quarterly or anything. It's just compared to last month. How are things? But despite that, it's almost like they answer in a way that makes them like make sense and trend because you, you very rarely see these like giant gaps, which is silly because you, you think about real life. Like, you know, there are times that one month is just shockingly better than the last. Yeah. And granted, we've seen 30s and we've seen 60s. So yeah. they, they will move that much, but it's weird how much they... They, they trend and stay close to a, a trend line. I, P, I, one of the things I've learned with PMIs is I think it's something that, you know, both with ISM numbers and PMI numbers, definitely something we pay attention to. The one thing I have seen people do consistently, though, make mistakes with both those metrics is just extrapolate them way too far. Extrapolate them out. Meaning yeah. I, those numbers can be insanely noisy. Hundred percent, and they can give. I have seen more people. I have seen more ISM and PMI theorists get destroyed time and time and time again. So it's a very useful piece of data. It is not one to base, you know, your whole your whole philosophy on. No, it's, no. especially as manufacturing is just smaller, smaller piece of the pie. Yeah. What uh, What else do we have on the week coming up? What are, What are we What are we looking out for? Yeah. So we'll get uh, GDP tomorrow for the fourth quarter. For whatever reason, the survey says 2%. I think that's a low bar. We'll be over that. Um, personal consumption, which so that we'll, we'll get the the price index for the fourth quarter, which will probably be pretty low. So that, that could be low enough to let, you know, yields might like that, although they might not like 2.4, 2.5% GDP if we get that. Um, we'll also get cl- jobless claims, uh, inventories, durable goods, capital goods, all that kind of stuff, new home sales. KC Fed, so good bit coming up the rest of the week. But uh, none of that's going to be a big surprise or anything like that. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's particularly huge data for the rest of the week. You know, you know what's interesting to me that I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, 
it, well, again, I don't want to go another Fed rant. It'll be here for another hour. But, but yeah, watch the time, sir. Yeah. Um, it it seems to me that every day that goes by, and, we, and we've talked a lot about this. Again, I don't want to beat a dead horse here or kick a dead horse, whatever, whatever, however, however the saying goes. Um, but it does seem to me that it is becoming more apparent that the fed did well, they made them at least to me, they made a similar mistake coming out as they went going in. Meaning here we are again, rates headed back up, um, and data heating up, inflation prints heating up and what I always thought, and I remember you were the one that brought this to my attention, so I'm certainly not taking credit for it, but I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago. If I was wrong, go ahead and take credit. First, Yeah, first, second quarter last year. No, we just talked about how the it, as every day ticks by, more and more people are forced to pay that rate, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at the situations, particularly, in, and this is just one of them, but I think the same situation applies for delinquencies and things like that. But one that could seriously put some pressure on the banks and one that we know is going to be an issue one way or the other. The question is just how big is the commercial office space deal? Um, And these are the kind of issues that I was perplexed by the Fed's decisions a year ago because I was sitting there going, you're screwing around. We we knew 23 was probably not going to be the year. Well, again, I knew it based off of what you told me and what some other friends in the commercial, commercial real estate business told me was that it wasn't going to be the year it hit the fan because there weren't enough things coming up for refi. It just happened that the refi, you know, just there were unusual amount of properties that didn't get refied. And I actually thought about why that is. It's probably because commercial real estate deals are done on five-year terms, right? Remember in 2018 was the first year that they started raising rates. Powell did. Mm -hmm. So rates went off zero. So you probably just had, because of that, we'd been on zero since 09, Right or 08 actually at that point. And so they probably rates popped up a little bit and everybody just froze and didn't refi anything. It's probably why you had that air pocket of refis that played a role anyway. Yeah. Um, Regardless. Um, But you've got this situation where this, 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 this danger is building more and more and more every day because the fed can't cut yet because the data is coming in too hot, which means that, you know, for every 25 basis points that the 10-year is higher, that's more defaults you're going to be looking at. Yeah, I mean, it, it will tighten for them. And even if they do cut, like, you could argue that then the, the long end will just tighten even that much more for them. Yeah. I, I just, like, I, it's, it's, you're And they of, will cut this year. Like, there, there's no doubt about it. It's just. They're going to cut at some point, but they're not going to cut. But, but, but this is my whole point. This was our, this what we were talking about a year ago. You're going to screw around. You're not going to be able to cut enough. Like that's why you should, yeah. You, that's what you raise it to three, and you camp there for five years instead of raising it to five and a half, and then having the everybody's looking. Everybody's looking at the equity market right now and celebrating. I'm going. You know what's really happened in the last four four months? What's happened in the last four months is commercial office space foreclosures have gone up, or in terms of the ones that are going to be for more in more more properties are going to be defaulted on and foreclosed on now than we're going to be four months ago. Yeah. And apartments too. Yeah. I, and, and you look, you're kind of in this weird environment where the better things get, the worse they get. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Just it, no, hundred percent. That's the case. Because like the you worst, can't this avoid is the worst these, thing that could happen to them. Yeah. You can't avoid this. And once again, I'll chalk it up, chalk it up to just like we were just talking about with that, with, with that other scenario with, with Hertz, you look at the fed and go, we were, we were sitting here in this office talking about this same problem a year ago. How do, do they not see these things? It's just, it, it's mind blowing to me. You know, I, I just don't get it. Oh, no, we completely botched inflation going up and how long it was going to stay around. But we're 100 percent confident we've got it from here. I And here you are. Here you are. The exact same thing that we were afraid of a year ago is happening right now. Yep. And they're and they're going to be forced to cut regardless. But the the other and that's why I just I, 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 just, I just get a feeling that this is more political than we think. And and if liquidity continues to drain, I'll retract that because it's not. But what it feels like to me is that they are – it feels to me like they are knowingly letting it run a little hotter because they like they prefer the risk of inflation reaccelerating a little bit as opposed to a crashing market and a guaranteed Trump victory in the White House. That's that, it, It's feeling increasingly political to me because it's not making a lot of sense from the outside looking in if you're not looking through a political lens. So I'll push back on that because I think I think there's there are I'm not I'm not saying the political lens isn't isn't factoring, but but I will say from a funding the government through selling treasuries perspective and through a bank health perspective and through just a pure like real rates perspective, it absolutely makes sense for them to cut a bunch this year, even if the economy does not fall apart. Oh, I wasn't saying cut this year. I, I w- 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 so I I'm with you. I think they okay. have to, and I think they will cut this year. What I'm saying is. But it's gonna look it's gonna look bad if inflation's reaccelerating and you're cutting anyway. Yeah. Which is probably what's gonna happen. Probably. Yeah. Probably it's I mean, gonna look bad. It's the way it looks right now. And um yeah, I it just it just amazes me. I just don't I and and and, and it, it it's I just don't understand it. I, I put it in a box of things I don't understand and I don't I don't know that if I don't understand it because they're complete political hacks. I don't know if they, I don't understand it because they're idiots. I don't know if I don't understand it because they're just that much smarter than I am. I don't know, but it, it, it's just concerning. Like I say, I just relate it to the Hertz where you sit back, you look at a situation and go, Hey guys, if you keep doing that, I think something bad's going to happen. They're like, no, no, we're good. Then a year later, you're like, I, I don't understand what you thought was going to be the, I don't, I, I didn't, under, I don't understand what you thought was going to be the result of this. Right. This it was, it was just like when it was pretty obvious inflation was about to go on a rampage and they're just like, nah, 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 same thing. Like that was the hurts. That was the hurts moment. Um, and then he, he, to me, even, you know, six, nine months ago, it was really obvious inflation was going to go way down and they were still really scared of it six, nine months ago. Now, now that it's finally bottoming, they're convinced that that it's going to go back to, you know, one and a half and like they're just extrapolating and like everything's fine now. Like they, they just they're in inopportune they're like a really bad trader honestly they really are they, they they're they're like they they keep like cramering the, the timing like yeah. it's like at peak moment they extrapolate and it's like that was the exact exact wrong time to extrapolate i love that that's gonna be a new you cramered that one you just cramered it and maybe we can just have him run the fed yeah i think it's also kind of funny that his uh his philadelphia eagles kind of followed along his path this year Oh, that was that was ugly. That that was that was real ugly. They fell apart in a. In a in I, they a did, but, but but hey, but it but it worked. Per, I mean, Jim is the master of the slingshot investment, yeah. right? I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you a, a face ripper on the way up, and I'm gonna give you just as much yeah. excitement on the way down. And and he he was part of the kiss of death there too. I think he he did he had some 
tweets about his Eagles that didn't age well, which is not shocking. Oh yeah. But n- no one is a bigger kiss of death though than Ted Cruz. If he if he goes in person to any sort of Texas sporting event, they that that team will lose. Like it's it's a very it's a very known thing in Texas. So he got booed at the Astros like World Series parade because every game he goes to they lose. People are like throwing cans at him and stuff. The Ted Cruz curse. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's hey, you, you got to watch out for these deals. Um, no, it, it it's uh, uh, it's an interesting tape, man. It really is. Um, what so what, what else we keeping our eyes on? There any else? Anything interesting going on? <laughs> Not. Nothing other than the data I, I, I popped through earlier, just the, the GDP data and everything uh, tomorrow. Obviously, we'll, we'll keep, keep an eye on jobless claims to see if that moves at all, um, even though I think we've discussed a little bit that it's probably dampened by by some of the circumstances around the data, which uh, Anna Wong from Bloomberg just did a good job of highlighting this week. But, um, but that, that's, that's, to me, the most important thing. Uh, the, the labor market is the one piece that, that feels real, real sketchy and shaky to me still. still. I, I'm, I'm struggling to trust myself with my with my pessimism on that because I've had it for a year. Um, but just seeing like another round of like of the smaller data other than headline jobs that just looks really shaky for jobs. Hopefully, hopefully that's coming through like in the in the podcast to the people that are listening, because I, I think the theme there for people to do this for a living um, and do it professionally full time. I, I feel like you just really summarized at least my thoughts. And I think a lot of other people's and, and, and I think it's important for people, you know, who are managing their own money or people that don't work, do this professionally to hear that, which is um, even, even the opinions that, that we have in this environment, I, it, this, this environment to me epitomizes the whole, the only opinion you shouldn't listen to is the one that has no doubt. Oh gosh, yeah. Right, like that. It it's just such an insane environment where there are so many cross currents. You just you've never seen anything like it. Um, nobody has, and I, I think that the posture I know you and I take in this environment, and I really think it's the only one to take. Which is, my goal is to find out as fast as I can what I'm wrong on. Hundred percent. Right, like that's that's the focus because I it, it's as soon as as soon as I put on a thesis. I'm working hard to disprove it every day. So like we have this Q1, like hot data rates up thesis. So I'm, I, what what that turns into is, okay, for Q1, I'm going to look under every rock I can find to see if it's wrong. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we positioned ourselves for that thesis. But but another thing to point out too, though, that I want people to understand too, is that I, I think this is where you also need to be sober minded and still yourself a little bit because you hear us talking about our concerns about unemployment picking up and all that it it's that's that's a hallmark of how bizarre this environment is because the reason that despite us talking about hotter data in Q1 the reason we're still looking over our shoulders for those job losses guys when you're really looking at the underlying data and you're really digging deep into it it i just historical precedent all those kinds of things this looks like an economy that could open up and swallow a massive load of jobs in a hurry it just does. And, and, and if no one's talking about that, look, I'm not saying it's going to happen for sure. Like I just said, it's a crazy environment, but despite all of these things, we're still bringing up that, that idea or that concept that you could see the unemployment rate move higher quick. 
And, and I, I just think that that note of sobriety is important to put in there. We're not saying that because we're financial justice warriors or we're paranoid and we think everything's going to turn. We're saying that because we're looking at the data and we're just saying that the narrative that you're hearing in the mainstream, it's just not accurate. Okay, This isn't a booming economy. It's just not. Anybody that says that is just – it's not a faltering economy that's about ready to implode either. But it is at a very tenuous spot. And a lot of the strengths people cite are vastly overstated. And don't you think that's fair, Chase? That yeah, it's just yeah. a it's, lot it's more specifically tenuous. on, yeah, very much so on the, on the employment side. It, it 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 just looks very vulnerable, even though the headline data has uh, obviously been very strong and, and and more than fine. But you just kind of look under the hood, and there are there's just a couple a couple indicators that that aren't just flashing yellow, but are flashing red within that that. It's it's enough to be on guard for 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 the the headline data to change and change in a big way because like you said and it's it's the kind of data that you, you don't get a couple bad months on jobs after you've had a great run you get you get a trend of bad jobs it's just the way it works yep. it it starts a feedback loop mechanism that feeds on itself until you know people do something about it make a the Fed slashes rates and stuff. Um, so that that's why it's so important to to be there, you know, and ready ready for it when it happens. So well, it may not be, it may not happen at all. It may not happen for another six months. It, but it also could happen, you know, next month. So we'll keep digging in on the data and being ready for it. Well, and the scary thing as a money manager to me is, if it happens, in my opinion, and I and I know that I'm putting myself out there when I say this, especially to our clients. But if it happens, especially in this scenario, you you can't miss it, and you can't miss it because. All of the bloody look. You're not going to hear the signs on the news, but all of the bloody signs are here, right? I mean, if if we go into recession, and which I think we're going to do, and we get those job losses, you can't. I mean, you might get away with it, but you can't be the guy on TV going, "Nobody saw it." Are you kidding me? Like every alarm bell has been rung. I mean, literally. So it again. It and it's so funny to see the market playing it this way. Because it's just odd that you see the market betting so cocksure on the thing that is the smallest percentage chance of happening, right? You just don't usually see that that often, but that's the way the market's playing it. So anyway, we got to run, gone over again. I think we're delivering good content though. So hopefully you guys are happy about that. Um, But I am biased, of course, but thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, As always, we'll be back again tomorrow. And uh, we'll see what tomorrow has in store for us. So have a great evening. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.